the Broken Arrow, a traditional bow hunting podcast with your host, Schaefer Magnet and Chris Siegel. Brought to you by Black Widow Bows, Safari Tough, Great Northern Quivers, Addictive Archery, and Laurel Mountain Outfitters. Back to the Broken Arrow Traditional Bow Hunting Podcast. Um, good episode tonight with Josh Williams, and big week this week. Uh, Schaefer, myself, Ed, and Ken will be traveling out to Michigan on Thursday evening to attend the Traditional Bow Hunter Expo presented by Kalamazoo Bow Works. So if you're in the Michigan area in Kalamazoo, uh, January 26th through 28th uh, will be the show, and. This year, Friday before the show opens, starting at 8.30 to 1.30 is the traditional and classic archery trade show. So there'll be some vintage and used gear for sale there. Should be cool. So check that out. Uh, also in the month of February, the Northwest Traditional Archers Expo is February 23rd through the 25th in Pendleton, Oregon at the Rodeo Grounds. Bunch of good stuff going on there. Uh, seminars from Chris Jasmine, Trent Winger, Joel Turner, and Jim Atkinson. And Paul Ford will be the uh, guest speaker. So be sure to check out both those events. I uh, hope everybody's doing all right out there and enjoy the episode. What is up, man? Not too much. What are you guys doing? Uh, sitting around, hanging out. <laughs> a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, I, we've yeah, been We've saying. been closed for like almost a month now, season-wise. Oh, really? And you're yeah. still full bore. Yeah, yeah, we're still going at it. Oh, yeah, actually, awesome. just tested out the one new pro- one of the new properties I got. Right, you were sending yeah. pictures. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was just a little too windy that day. It was, yeah. uh, didn't quite work out my favor. I did see deer, but not until the end. Are yeah, you in I- one of those uh, can hunt till April spots? Yes. <laughs> Wild. I don't, I don't want to ruin his good time, but I got, I got a text from Brad tonight, Bixler, and he's like, He's like, I just went out and sat in my stand. He's like, I'm seeing like full on rut activity. Where is he at? He's right below me. He's in Harrisburg. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wonder if that's like a, like a really late like a third rut. It's <laughs> the second <laughs> fourth rut. Yeah, right. <laughs> they never stop rutting here. No, the maybe deer are just adapting long. the human ways. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just hammer all 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 year round, man. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, how you been? I haven't talked to you in a long time. Um, I, I mean, I, other than internet talking, yeah, messaging. Yeah. Not, I mean, I've been, I've been pretty good. I switched careers. Did you no, really? What are you doing? doing? Uh, now I'm just more or less a contractor. Okay. Uh, but I was doing AC work, kind of like how you do, right? But, um, uh, now actually with Billy, I work with Billy now, my brother. Do you really? Yeah, I work for him. Oh, how's he doing? He's doing really good. He's doing is really he, good, actually. Is he still playing yeah. with birds? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, as somebody with no context, this is a very interesting conversation. So, so I'll, I'll explain a little bit. So, so your brother Billy is a uh, a falconer, uh-huh. and and I, I got the I only got to do it once, but I got to come down to Virginia and hunt with him and Mike, uh, and 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 chase fox squirrels and stuff with with his his uh what what the hell kind of dog is that Jack Russell? Yeah, he actually doesn't have that dog anymore. Oh no. So he he went through some unfortunate events with his uh, now ex wife. Okay, um, happened. So and when he moved, now yeah, he was kind of going through a little phase where he didn't have any room for the for the bird, 
And, uh, and his dog was, I mean, the dog needs to go hunt. That's, that's a mm-hmm. falconer dog. So he ended up giving that dog to another, to another falconer. To mind okay. So he's still hunting. That was yeah, the wildest thing. That was crazy, man. I was, I was, I was following that dog around watching the dog and I was just taking pictures the whole time. And I'd look up and I'd see that red tail and that red tail was just staring at the dog. Oh yeah. Those and dog, that, that dog and that bird would work so well. Together. It was awesome. It was so cool. Yeah. That was it, freaking he, he did awesome. say every now and then that, that the dog would get a little too close. If the bird did get a squirrel or a rabbit and he'd get, get a little claw to the face. Oh, that was cool. I'd never experienced something like that. I'd never gone falcon hunt, like, you know, falconing or whatever you call it before. And it was just, that was one hell of an experience that I think everybody should, should get in on at least once yeah. in their lives. It was cool. I, I agree. That's I mean, it's because it's different. Mm-hmm. It's just different. I mean, I, it I did it a couple of times with Billy and you're just beating rush and it's, it's fun just to watch how it all works out. It is. It is. You're, you're, you're like, you're part of it, but you're kind of on the outside of it, you know? Yeah. You're kind of like, kind of like a fly on the wall in a way. Yeah. You get to watch yeah. it all without watching it on, on, on a screen. Yeah. And it is cool, man. They're, I don't think there's anything cooler than a red tail hawk. They're, 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 oh, that's they're what, they are, they are badass. Oh, hell yeah. I, I love sitting in my tree stand and like, you know, one will scream over toppy and just kind of, you know, just yeah. watch it cruise around and, and pick things off. And it's just so cool. There's just such a cool critter. I've, I've been crapped on them by a couple of times <laughs> while in the tree. <laughs> oh man. That, yeah, that is, that is something that's, that's another, uh, <laughs> holy shit that's a that's a hell of a, an endeavor to get involved with and it's a lot of work oh yeah that's that is just a commitment right there doing mm-hmm. that i mean when he was doing that i mean he obviously took a lot of time off of bow hunting because mm-hmm. he's spending weeks at a time just getting this bird to uh somewhat work with him <laughs> yeah yeah I, re- I remember he was i was asking him a shitload of questions and the the one was like i was like you know how long does it take you to get a bird to to hunt with you and he's like got oh, two weeks yeah well what? day in day in and day out working with him yeah but like two weeks from wild critter to going hunting yeah. with you yeah so, semi semi tolerating you at that point <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i mean I, obviously it associates it associates you with food uh-huh. And and there's whole, the whole like maintaining weight process and all that and stuff that goes into it. But man, what it just I don't know. I don't know. Let's not get stuck on that. But it is cool <laughs> if you ever if somebody if, if somebody's out there and you I ever can, get a chance to go with somebody, go. It's so rad. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I can get BS about anything. So, oh, you'll fit right in. How about the stellar <laughs> season you're having? Oh yeah, not I appreciate we, that. Man. Yeah, it's more luck than anything. It's not skill. <laughs> Wait a second. But, Wait a second. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're so getting we, ahead we gotta, of ourselves. We need to appease Greg Magnet, <laughs> and I guess I guess we need to get you to, to uh, um, introduce, introduce yourself. yourself Let here. everybody know who you are. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm Josh Phillips. Uh, I live in Northern Virginia, um, and uh, most of my hunting that I do is uh, suburban hunting, so people's backyards and whatnot. But I mean, I do still do. Public land hunting. I got some spots here in, in Virginia as well. There's plenty in Virginia, but all the suburban stuff. I mean, within 15 minutes of my house. So why not go hunt? Exactly right. And then uh, I also got um, property in Maryland, family property in Maryland for whitetails and seek a deer. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. You you guys so, are like right outside DC, kind of right? Yeah. So I'm I'm an hour outside of DC. I, I live in Leesburg, Virginia. Oh dear lord. 
So I don't want to start right in with the questions, but I know you're using the great white Simmons from my understanding. Yes. <laughs> Is that partially because of where you're hunting? Uh, yes, in a way, actually. I actually originally got them for, um, for Sikadir. Okay. Sikadir, for some reason, I think it's because their vitals actually sit a little farther forward than whitetails uh, and that they're smaller. They, they actually can be a hard time to track. So I got. Oh, gotcha. I want to get some really big broadheads. When I, when I contacted Dave over there at uh, Simmons, I said I, w- I want to get some tree sharks, and uh, he's like, "But I, hey, I got these great whites." I was like, uh, "Okay, I'll take those." <laughs> and I think at the, at the time there, there were prototypes. I'm like, "All right, I'll take them. I'll try them out." And I haven't taken any sick deer yet with them, but obviously I've taken some whitetails, and they are absolutely devastating. Well, you're you're throwing an axe downrange. <laughs> Well, actually, just for this, and I, I had a feeling you guys were going to ask about them. I'll give you the size comparison. Here, here's a Zwicky Eskimo. Okay, you guys yeah. see that? You got you to hold your palm behind one. it just to give you a... Oh, <laughs> look at the size of that. That is absurd. How they fly? I, <laughs> I, uh, well, I, I shoot that one, and I shoot the Safari also, the Simmons Safari also. Um, but when I got the Great Whites, a lot of people were just like, oh, they, they won't be able to penetrate anything. There's they're just going to fall out of the deer. I'm like, well, I'm going to put them to the test. And obviously, I mean, they do the complete opposite. Of what a lot of people thought, and it's, uh, I'll just say it, it can be a crime scene. <laughs> a fixed blade mechanical. How do they fly? Excellent. Uh, honestly, because I got the safari and the, the great white. Yeah. And I think the, the weight difference between the two is like close to, it's close to 30 grains when, that I've weighed them and they fly mm-hmm. together. I, I've shot the great whites out of up to forty yards. And what and are the great? Of, what are the great whites weighing? Uh, the original. Those are two fifty. Yeah, they're two fifty now. They're labeled as two fifty now. The original ones were, I think, labeled as two twenty five. I think they're like two thirty or whatever when I weighed them. Okay. Okay. Secondary question: How in the world are you sharpening them? Uh, I actually, so Simmons used to have a um, their own jig on their on the website. Yep. And I just copied that because it wasn't available anymore. And I just gotcha. used little, little pixie sticks, the little uh, 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 ceramic rods. Yep. And those, I mean, I I get this thing shaving sharp in thin minutes. Now I have a special file, like a round file, not necessarily like a um, like a chainsaw file. Yeah. It's a little more fine than that. And I use that to establish an edge. And then I use the uh, the ceramic rods Clean and alternate gotcha. between their, their coarse one and the fine one, and it gets them shaving sharp within minutes. Is that awesome. a specific sharpener, or is it just ceramic rods? Uh, you just have to have a curve to them. Yeah, yeah, it's just little ceramic rods that Simmons had on their website. I just bought them. I bought a bunch of balls. Okay, they're not they're they're not very durable, and if you drop one, they shatter into a million pieces. <laughs> and I've done that a few times. I was gonna say it sounds like you've done that. Uh, yep, I've done it a couple times. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I do it. And I know, like like Tony. Um, seeing that he uses the 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 radio or the rada sharpener, the little wheelie yeah, sharpener. Right. I can't. I, I'm I might be the one dumb person who can't figure that thing out, and I can't get those the Simmons sharp. I can get like Zwickies and other broadheads sharp with that thing, but I can't get the Simmons sharp with it. I so I, I try one. Of I those. guess I'm on Tony's side of the fence. I've used the radio with success with them, uh-huh. and then I, I mean, granted, I'm trying to freehand them on a jewel stick, but like I've gotten them to the point where like I'd almost like if i had to hunt with it i might consider it and then from there i started growing gray hair and i was like i i'm just gonna put these down for a moment yeah and that that's that was the one thing when i went to simmons like i i was on the fence about getting just because of 
like the sharpening aspect of it. I wasn't sure how it was supposed to work or, or like how, how difficult it was going to be. And then I looked at their website and I saw that that jig and I have a, like my own sharpening jig that I use for knives and whatnot. I'm like, it looks just like that, except all I got to do is just hook it up to a, a vice in my in my little workroom. Yep. And uh, the two, I guess you call them wings. It's a it's a Smith's sharpening jig. And it's got these two little wings where you actually stick a, um, it's like your actual stones. You've got, you got coarse stone, fine stone, and wet stone. And they have, have these little rods that they attach to the back of them. And they got the two slots that are on these wings of this jig are 20 and 25 degree bevel. So actually the rods, the ceramic rods fit right in those. And I'd use it the same way that the, that the Simmons jig was, uh, I guess, intended, which you just alternate the two, two rods back and forth on the, on the blade. Yeah. And, uh, take a couple minutes. I mean, like I said, I get some shaving sharp really fast. Yeah. So you basically just flip, flip the rods one side of the other. Yeah. 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 So you're really just, just alternating the whole time. It's a lot, a lot like the Lansky idea. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you're talking about this awesome uh, $40 yes. unit. Yep. That one has more, uh, has more bevel angles than mine does. Mine only has two. Yeah, that looks just like a Lansky. Yeah, I, I have uh, 20, 25, and 30, I think. Maybe there, maybe one more. Maybe 15. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, don't, I forget. But it's got a couple slots in there. And yeah, same I, deal. When I sharpen mine, I, I, I do both angles. I'll start with the 20 degree. Yeah. And then I'll then I'll do the 25 degree. And uh, I feel like that actually keeps the edge a little tougher um, when, mm-hmm. when you do go hunting. It does it does keep the edge a little better when you, when it goes through a deer. Now, mind yeah. you, I mean, so you go through deer and then you dent it in the dirt and you're, you're just going to have to sharpen it anyways. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, I, I always touch them up regardless. Got to keep expectations, you know, realistic. <laughs> Check. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like my uh, my pre-hunt rituals. I always sharpen my broadheads. So, it's like I, I plan on killing something, but if I don't, oh, well, they're sharp enough anyways. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, man. So... Schaefer, where do we start here? Where do, what do you want to get into? I, I well, know you, was... you like to like tease a little bit and then go into it or whatever, but that's not me? terrible. Yeah, you like to hold off until we get to the hunting. <laughs> I mean, we I'm can like, start let's talk wherever. hunting. And Schaefer's like, well, let's let's talk about some other stuff first. Talk, talk about whatever you guys want. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, that was just on my mind already. I was like, this guy shoots great whites. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're just stork when it comes to broadheads. Well, I don't get to use them that often, so like I enjoy at least like, yeah, you know. You like to live vicariously through everybody. Else. I got you. I'm, I'm getting my son to be a dork too about broadheads, and he's only five. Perfect. Beautiful. Has has he is he shooting yet? Uh, he hasn't killed anything with it yet, but he did shoot at a squirrel the other day. We went hunting behind my house. And uh, he's got, I got him some Zwicky Eskimos, or they were mine, actually. Yeah. And then we were watching an old bear, uh, Fred Bear video, and he saw Fred Bear sharpening his razor heads. He's like, oh, those look like mine. I'm like, those are Fred Bear's razor heads. He's like, I want some. I'm like, crap, now i got to find some. <laughs> those so I ended up getting him some, but he, he was having, like, he had his, uh, I already had some Zwickys glued onto his little wooden arrows. And uh, we went, like I said, went behind the house. I was totally not expecting these like shoot at anything. I was like, well, just go chase a bird and shoot at that. I don't care. And, um, we, we start going through these, uh, the, the brush behind my house and I look up and there's a couple birds on the ground. I'm like, okay, well let's go get ready. And then I look up and I see a bushy tail. I'm like, Oh, 
there's a squirrel. <laughs> Let's go up to it. And we, so finally we get to this little opening and the squirrel had already gone away. But I mean, this time of year, the squirrels are just gathering you know, their, their, their food sources for the winter. So I'm like, it's going to be back. So let's just wait here for a few minutes and uh, nothing was happening, but I could hear the squirrel in the leaves uh, probably 20 yards away, but couldn't see it. So I said, all right, let's go over to it and see if we can uh, sneak a shot on it. So we get around this real thick brush and I can see birds on the ground. I'm like, well, I don't see the squirrel. You want to shoot a bird? <laughs> and then uh, he was thinking about it. And then I looked over my shoulder and the squirrel's right there at like eight yards. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was like, turn around, get your broadhead out right now. And uh, he, he, um, he actually stalked in on it and got to about five yards and it went up a tree a little bit and he shot and missed it by an inch. Oh. And that arrow went and stuck in a tree. I had to go climb the tree and dig it out. Oh man. That's Beautiful. awesome. Uh, That's he was great. Excited. It was funny. That is cool. That's, you know, but he did a good job. Man. He, he, he's got his little back quiver and it was full of these cheap little wooden arrows that I got him from like three rivers or Lancaster or wherever it was. Yeah. And they're rattling around in his quiver. I'm like, Oh my God, he's going to scare the squirrel away. <laughs> man, it doesn't even but matter. He, he, he lucked out. That's awesome. That's, that's great. Um, what, what, what kind of, I guess we should talk about like bow. What are you shooting right now? What kind of bow are you shooting? Uh, I have a, it's a custom black Canyon, uh, mm-hmm. takedown longbow. And, uh, that's at, uh, 52 at 28. I think I'm drawing like 28 and a half or 29. So that's like yeah. around like 55 pounds for me. Nice. Um, arrow wise, uh, shoot, um, carbon, some element arrows. And I, obviously I beefed up the front ends uh, on those just to, just to try something out. And that, I think with the great white, so like 760 grains or something like that. Yeah. Just a little so, bit of weight. Yeah. Digging bars. I want to, I want to get into, so, uh, it, What's that? No, I was going to say, so, I mean, I, the, my next batch of arrows, I'm going to, I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. Yeah. Try to get around the six grain grain point. But uh, yeah, no, that's, that's what I'm shooting now. That's awesome. Um, I want to get into some hunting stories from you because you've had such a, a, a killer season, um, literally. And, but I definitely want to hear about Sika deer. Cause I've heard, I've heard bits and pieces from your brother and some other people. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear how that goes down. Cause I, I think a lot of people, I think people have heard about it, but don't know a whole lot about it maybe, or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, my family, we, we actually grew up, like I grew up on the Eastern shore, Maryland. So we yeah. grew up hunting sick of deer. I'm a little more, I'm, I, I'm not going to say I'm the best and most knowledgeable person about them, but yeah, it's, nah, I've hunted them all my life. So no, nobody I, learns anything here. We just tell stories. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so don't, well, I, uh, so I haven't killed one with a trad bow yet. I mean, I've killed, I've, I've killed some. Obviously, I might have got one on the wall right behind me. Yeah. Um, they look like mini elk. They're that was a black cool. powder. Was it? Oh yeah. Nice. They're Japanese elk. They're yeah. actually Japanese elk. So people, people don't realize they're actually like a little miniature Japanese elk. So they bugle, they wallow. Um, they actually, when they herd up, they'll have a little, little harem of uh, does or actually they're called hinds. And, um, but yeah, no, they're they're very territorial and they like to fight. So it's not uncommon to see like broken tines in their necks and stuff like that. No way. But yeah, they're they're definitely some cool animals. But that, when they're pressured, in my opinion, they're one of the sneakiest animals on the planet. Yeah, so it's like you I've literally gotta listen for a water drop that's falling off the feet. So I I never forget I was um I think it was the second one I ever shot and I shot that one with black powder. I mean I was like twelve years old or something like that. Yeah, oh, cool. and. I was standing up in this box on our, on our old uh, private property that we used to have. 
And uh, I'm standing as the sun came up and just scanning the, the marsh. And I'm listening, not seeing anything, not hearing anything for about 30 minutes. And I sit down. I mean, within 30 seconds of me sitting down, I hear what sounded like a drop of water. And I look down through this uh, the hole where I climbed through the box stand. And there's a, a spike standing right there. I'm like, I've been standing for 30 minutes. And, <laughs> and now he's, he's there. I didn't even hear him come in. Crazy. So, I mean, that's. I mean, that's a lot of times what you can run into. Oh, and that one, actually, I, I, did, I ended up killing that, that deer. When I shot him, I actually stuck the gun through that hole. And uh, when I shot, just the, just the primer went off of the muzzleloader. And so, obviously, the deer ran a few yards. I'm sitting there fumbling, trying to get this cap on. My dad, he, uh, he makes fun of me. He said he could hear me across the marsh. And I was like 12 years old. He's going, shit, 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 trying to get this new cap back on. <laughs> so... <laughs> He said he could hear me across March like 300 yards away. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. They're, uh, they're, they're really elusive, right? And they're, and they're, oh yeah. I mean, are you bugling for them or they're, anything? They're, or you... um, I actually, I, I literally just use my elk calls, my elk, my, my diaphragms. Oh, cool. Get out. And I just do uh, like, like little like mute cow calls. They, I mean, they have sick of your calls that work really well. I, yeah. Yeah. That's all I use. Oh, and so I mean, bad. you don't want to do it as loud because obviously they're not as loud as a like a full grown elk. Right. You just got to muffle the sound a little bit. But I mean, for me, that seems to work pretty good. And I, like, I try to make a little more raspy sound to it also. And that I actually uh, this year, I didn't get to hunt sick deer that much this year. Um, at least not as much. We took it. One of the times I went and I ended up calling in, which is one of the biggest tags I've ever seen. And he got hung up, and I couldn't get a shot at him. Just turn around, walk away. Because uh, I called him in, he didn't see another deer. So he's like, eh, "I'm not hanging out with you." So that was, a, that was that for that one. Then I was about three weeks ago. I missed a hind, shot right over back. It was one of those I didn't pick a spot. I just shot, shot at the whole body like a dummy. That, that seems to happen time to time or two. Yeah, for sure. I I've, I might have done that <laughs> like four or five times. Um, yeah, that's there, and you didn't you didn't get one yet this year, right? No, not no sick deer. I have. I, I, it's been a while since I killed killed a sick deer. Was it B- Billy got one? Billy got. He's got two this year. Did he the get two? two? I, I thought yeah, one of you posted a picture. I don't know. Yeah, he he killed two stags this year. Okay. I, I know I knew one, one of you posted a picture. One big six pointer. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Awesome. The, I think the first one he shot, I think it was either late September or early October. I can't remember. I'll have to look on his Instagram. But, yeah, those things, they uh their rut is uh, it's dead center of uh October. What's that? I said I'll have to look up his Instagram. Because I remember one I remember one of you posted it. And oh, I just yeah. I couldn't <laughs> remember who posted the picture. Um but yeah. Oh. So I was gonna say I was doing some stalking. Schaefer, should we get into uh, whitetail season? I mean, it's hard to say where to start with the whitetails. I mean, been... <laughs> yeah, w- which one? Right? Are all of them? Um, you're up to <laughs> you're up to a two doubles, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I doubled twice. Uh, the first one was like uh, early or mid-October, and then the second one was uh, like early, uh, probably mid to late November. And uh, 
I, I mean, I just get lucky on these properties because we got, it's just a mass infestation of deer. And if people don't understand like where in Northern Virginia, we actually, there's white tail management organizations that literally go through and you're essentially culling deer because it's, I'll just say like, I think biologists did a, did a, um, like a test or whatever, or a, uh, they, they try to count the number of deer. I think that like a healthy population is like 20 deer per square mile, like 50, between 15 or 20. Yeah. And there are pockets in Northern Virginia. Now, this isn't all in Northern Virginia, but there's pockets that have anywhere from two to three or 400 deer per square mile. At least they're estimating. Wow. So the, the deer are on top of each other in some of these places. How, and, and you guys are hunting. Like- so like the property where... Say that again. I lost your. No, there. no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh no, no. You're fine. You're fine. I, I, I think my audio kicks out every now and then. Yeah, we have a weird but, delay. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, we literally are hunting people's like backyards. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, as we uh literally hunting people's backyards. I mean, the property where I killed did the doubles. It's not the first time I've doubled there. I've I've doubled there four or five times on that property. Um. That property, we actually call it the meat factory because there's so many deer there. <laughs> and like, if you if you don't see 20 to 25 deer in a hunt, it's actually a slow day. But uh, that one, is, so this year's double, I'll start with the first one. Um, so the layout of the property, it's actually, it's a, one of our bigger properties. It's, it's like seven acres or something like that. And there really is no mature trees on the property. It's all small persimmon trees or they've got a basketball court with Leland cypresses around that, which we have a ladder stand in. And uh, there's a couple of walnut trees that are like sparse throughout. But then we got, we ended up getting permission on the HOA property, which is, which surrounds it. And that's all like big, um, big walnuts and whatnot. And the deer just use that as a travel path. So previous hunts before that, I, I would, um, I would, I was setting up another spots on the property and I would see where the deer go through on this HOA spot. And, um, I just decided, you know, I'm just going to go and try the HOA. I haven't tried it yet, so I'm going to go and try it because it was, I mean, the deer have wised up because I've shot a ton of deer there. So I ended up getting this one tree. It was actually, it's actually a dead walnut tree I got into because all the other ones are pretty much dead or they're too small or not the spot that I want them to go to. And um, the this hedger goes from east to west, and the deer, there's typically two herds that are on these properties you got some that come from the east, which is more of the hardwoods. You got your oaks and stuff like that. And there is some some brush and briar bedding back in there, but that's way up in the neighborhoods. And then to the west, you have it's actually a park where the kids are literally playing baseball and soccer on. And there's just one section of the park. It's all this like low brushy area where the deer do their main portion of their uh, portion of their bedding. And um, so the deer actually act, they'll cross paths sometimes, and you'll have just a mass just a lot of deer in front of you or all around you which makes it pretty tough because you get 15 20 deer around you at one time then you got all those eyes and ears to beat yeah you know it, it so that that can get tough yeah but um with where i got set up at i set up on this dead tree and i was facing the park because then like in the mornings when i always watch the deer you get some that will come from the east but mostly they come from the west from this park and then go to the towards their uh their feeding area and um and they would just walk around, walk down the, the edge of this uh, this hedgerow, which is only 30 yards wide. It might, might be 35, 40 yards wide at the widest point. I think where I was at is probably like 20 yards wide. And they just use it as a travel corridor, or a little pinch point. So I got set up. So I'm actually 
um, closer to the edge of this HOA field, which I'm sure you guys seen the video of the, the buck that I shot. So yeah. I, I think he was only 15 yards when I shot him. And so the first double that I got that I did, um, the, the buck that I shot, I actually seen that buck earlier on in the season. I was set up on the property somewhere else on the property in these persimmon trees. And he came to the base of the tree. And that was actually before you could shoot bucks because in Virginia, we have an early season uh, for urban season. It starts in the beginning of September and goes to like the first weekend of October. It's all right. antlerless. Right. So and he showed. We're completely lost. Yeah. Hey, Josh, try turning off your video. Sometimes that helps. Can't, I can't even hear you. Oh, no, no. He, is he still here? I don't know if can't we lost him. him or if. Maybe. Hold maybe. on for this quick de te technical difficulty. <laughs> I guess he's coming anyway. Oh, boy. Oh, excuse me. Um, I think we lost, lost him. Oh, nope. There he is. Can't hear you. Try, uh, try Xing out and hitting the link again. I don't know if he's using his phone, but if he's not, maybe his phone might be more stable. You see the second buck he got? I, I was watching the video as he was telling me Sauce. that. As he was telling the story. Yeah, the, the video is really cool. You see a deer come out in between two trees. That's so rad. Here we go. Has he popped up on your side? I just see Josh Phillips. That's all I see. Oh, there are words. I don't see any video. I say, he just barely popped up on my side. His mute button just went off. Uh, there he is. Can you guys hear me? Gotcha now. Now we can. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. We can. Yeah. Yep. It might Whoa. if you uh You can't hear you us. Turn your... If you I don't well, if you can hear us. I sometimes, can hear you guys just fine. Okay. If you turn you. your video off, Josh, sometimes it helps. I can. Yeah, I was able. To, I was able to hear you guys the whole time. It's funny. You talk, and then you stop that. talking, and then okay, the actual, yeah, whatever. I Sounds mean, pretty good. There's definitely a delay when the video was on. I don't know if it's delayed now. Sure. I'll turn yeah, off can, my video too. I think that's actually. I think it works better too. I mean, you guys don't. Have, you don't have to look at my ugly face either. So. I don't know how to turn my video off. Can just you still hear me Just hit the video camera on the bottom left corner. All right. Usually if you cut the video out, the the internet works better. Okay. Gotcha. Now we're on a weird, awkward gotcha. phone call. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I can hear you guys. I, I was able to hear you guys perfectly fine. All right, I'm good. Not sure where, I'm not sure where you guys lost me at. <laughs> uh, uh, so 15-yard hedgerow. Yeah, fifty. Uh, you were at the twenty yard, oh, like okay. the hedgerow. You're like about twenty yards wide. You said, and it's like thirty five at most point. 
Okay. All right. I'll go and start over. Right, I'll just start over that, that whole point. So the, the hedger itself, it's like I said, it's, it's about 200 yards long. Yeah. It goes east to west. Um, widest point is probably 35 to 40 yards. And where I was set up is probably 20 yards or so at the wide uh, at the widest point. And uh, so I was set up. So I was facing the west. Uh, and this was an evening hunt. And actually, let me back up a little bit. So I was actually trying to decide where I wanted to, like which tree I wanted to get to. I knew the area uh, where I wanted to get to. Um, but I went over there and got, I found the tree I wanted to get to. And like I said, it's, it's a dead tree. And I, uh, I don't mind getting the dead trees as long as they're like, they've been, they're still rooted very well and they, they haven't been dead that long. Yeah. You no, know, but I'm not going to get in if it's real windy, but, uh, so I've made sure the tree's okay. Still get into. So I got to the base of the tree and reached back in my pack and my climbing sticks aren't there. Cause I left them at home like a dummy. And uh, I'm like, well, crap. And, and some of these properties, not, not all of them. Some of these properties were allowed to, uh, preset uh, stands or sticks uh, around the properties. Other properties, if they're real small, we can't do that. You know, the property owners, they just don't allow it. But um, luckily with this one, we got sticks everywhere. Um, so I I had to go for a run and go get some sticks off a tree. And uh, they're just big, heavy steel sticks. So, and I had to hurry up and go get these on the trail. I only had time to grab two of them because there's already deer moving uh, out on other parts of the property. So I went ahead and grabbed them. And uh, set the first one up on the tree since I only have two of them. And uh, looking at the tree, there's a. I look up and there's actually vines which would be on my weak side, which uh, hunting out of a saddle, you're dominant hand. So I'm right handed. My right side would be my weak side. And uh, so there'd be these limbs and vines that I have to get over top of so I can be able to shoot over those just in case the deer were to come through on that side. And um, I set the sticks up. I set the first stick up and I had to set it up high enough so that I could. Uh, not have to get a running and jumping start to get on there. And, um, I, uh, I was able to get on, get up, get that one up. And then I set the next one up pretty high also. So I really had to reach. And then my platform looking at where that was, I still had to get up a little ways to set, set that up so I could stand above the, these vines and limbs on my weak side. So I had to set that thing up like belly height, almost chest height actually. So I had to like do a pull up to get up on top of my platform and uh, get set up. And then um, I'm sitting there and I, I wasn't set up for a half hour after I got all my stuff squared away and stopped sweating. And um, I could hear the dogs barking. And usually when the, the people let the dogs out, um, it's either there's deer somewhere on the property or sometimes, sometimes they just bark at nothing just because they're dogs. But a lot of times it's because there's deer on the property and the deer on this place, if, uh, they know where the dog fence is. So they'll literally walk on the edge of this dog fence and the dogs will run right up to them and start barking out and the deer don't even care. But if the deer happen to be crossing through the yard and then the dogs get let out and then it becomes a deer drive. <clears throat> so, and with this particular instance, that that's what happened at a, a herd of about, I don't know, it was either 10 or 12 does or something like that, uh, that were actually coming through the yard and which is behind me to the, like, I would say the Northeast of me. And, I'm, and like I said, I'm facing uh, West and I hear the dogs barking and then I hear uh, some limbs snapping and I turn over my shoulder and here comes these deer. And as soon as they get in the woods, get away from this dog fence, they, they calm right down. And uh, they, they just did some, their normal browsing and start working their way to me. And then they're working way to me and to this other meadow that's this HOA land. And, um, uh, the first year that gave me a, gave me a shot opportunity. She, she came in and uh, she ended up turning broadside sl slightly quartered away at 10 yards. 
cards. And um, the first two deer I shot were I shot with great whites. And um, I ended up, I, I hard shot her and I took I actually took out her off opposite leg. So she just kind of snowplowed and she didn't go very far, probably 18 yards or so. And then um, all the deer scattered. And um, when they did that, the great, what I love about shooting trad bows, it's like they're so quiet because the deer had no idea what was going on. And they, uh, they calmed down kind of. And I ended up having one of the deer in that group was actually out in this uh, HOA like field meadow. And um, uh, I, I was, I started calling the deer in, but not with a more traditional method with a grunt tube. I, I actually started burping at the deer. People and people laugh at me for doing that because uh, you're just burping at a deer, but it sounds like a grunt, and it, it actually does calm them down. I found at least, and uh, this doe ended up start started coming back in. So I thought I'll get another broadhead ready, get ready to shoot this doe, and then I look over my shoulder again, and uh, now this is coming from the west, and here comes another six deer, oh my and. And one of them ended up being the buck I shot and uh, three of the deer. So the buck, a really, really big doe, which I really wanted to shoot. And uh, another, like uh, I would say an average size doe, they came, they were coming down, would be heading east and they stopped and they turned and walked straight into the woods um, and looked down onto this deer, the, the deer I just shot five minutes ago. They're looking down on it, you know, and, um, I found like this property and a lot of properties I've, I've done this too, where um, you shoot a deer and other ones will walk up to it and they, they won't start stomping at, at anything. They're just really curious and they do get a little, a little on edge. Yeah. But they're, they're wondering, well, you know, like why, why is Betsy laying down right there sleeping? But uh, I, I had that happen. I had, I, uh, I shot an eight pointer with, or see me, I shot a doe with my compound. This is years ago. Yeah. Shot the doe. She goes down. I go down, I gut her, and I left her there. And I came back up, mm-hmm. get my tree stand, and an eight-pointer comes in. And he walked right to her, and he just started pawing at her body. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was, like, pawing at her, pawing at her, pawing at her. And uh, this is kind of funny. He, like, he did this for, like, I don't know, 15 minutes. It was a while. He was messing with her body. And then he turned around. He started walking the other way. So I gave him a bat. He spun, uh-huh. came up. I shot him. <laughs> he went uphill and <laughs> fell over dead. And when I got out of my tree stand, both the arrows were right next to each other. I shot the deer, oh, both awesome. deer in the same spot. Beautiful. It was a riot. But yeah, he, he was totally messing with her body. It was really weird. Oh, yeah. I, I had that one time. This, this is actually when I was transitioning into traditional. So at that time, I would carry a compound and a longbow with me at the same time. Whoa. And um, excuse me. Were you in a tree stand uh, too, doing this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, so these suburban properties, um, we we want to be in elevated positions and this actually helps like when you try to get properties, you know, tell the property owners, Hey, you know, go through your whole spiel of, you know, who you are and what you do. Yeah. And tell them, you know, I, I only use boat uh, archery equipment on these properties. And, um, and I want to be in an elevated position because if I happen to shoot either miss or if it goes through the deer, I want that arrow sticking in the ground and I don't want to skip it off, you know, for one of the little kids to find, you know? Right. A- absolutely. So how, 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 do people, yeah. how do people re- re- recept that? Like, like how do they receive that? Do they, are they cool about like, you're in the city, not the city, but you're we're, in the suburbs. We're, yeah. We're, we're right. Since we're right outside of Washington DC, you get, um, you get a plethora of different cultures, mixed, I, I guess you could say, or personalities and mixed you get emotions. Some people, <clears throat> oh, absolutely. You get some people that like, yes, shoot every deer you see. We hate them. Yeah. Or you get some people like, how dare you? 
you, you demon. And terrible person. You get you you get you get the mix. And I mean, obviously, you got to be respectful with everybody. And, uh, and and like their wishes. Some people are a little on the fence, and there's people where you can actually work those a little bit. Uh-huh. They say no, they say no, whatever. You got a line of houses you can go start knocking doors on. Right. Uh, I found, and I, I get laughed at for this. <clears throat> I don't know why, because it worked great. You, uh, if you want to go knock on doors, take your kids with you. Oh yeah. I've heard oh about yeah. That, that they are little magnets. It de-escalates things. Oh, oh yeah. he's got kids. He can't be too bad. But um, I, I um. I, this year I ended up getting my, so my daughter, she goes to like a co-op uh, uh, school and uh, it's a big farm. And I, I ended up getting that farm as one of my properties this year. And I got the neighbor's property. And then uh, I was talking to the school, the owner of the, of the property. He was like, well, go talk to so-and-so down the lane. Actually, they're like caddy corner from their property. They got another like 25 acres. Talk to them. They might allow it. And um, I was telling him, I said, you know, the, uh, the year prior, I talked to uh, your neighbor across the street. He's like, oh, why'd you ask them? He said, they, they, they don't allow hunting at all. I was like, well, I'll, I took my son over there and I knocked on the door and she was actually considering it. And then she, the only reason she didn't, because she said, oh, because there's a school right there. I'm like, and I was like, well, my daughter goes to school there. And she like, she was really on the fence. And she's like, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She said, if we're a little farther away, I'd allow it. I'm like, eh, that's all right. Whatever. No problem. Solid effort. No hard feelings. Yeah, I mean, some people you can you can uh, you can sweet talk them a little bit. Other ones that they're just either they a say yes, kill everything you see, don't care if it has spots or horns, shoot it. Um, or other ones that, that like literally, like I said, they look at you like you're a demon. So no kidding. What, I mean, it makes sense, but yeah. What's what's the rules like? Um, are they allowed shotguns in that area, or is it bow only? Uh, well, if you if with this now, I am part of an organization that. Right. do uh uh this culling and technically i'm not supposed to take my longbow it's supposed to be compounds or crossbows but i do it anyways i don't care um because you, I, got, I like you guys have longbow. to qualify and stuff right yeah, there's, so there's those, a whole process ones, yeah so you got it's qualification shoots you got to go to or you qual- qualify with a qualification officer um and it's uh to be get even to get in there i mean you got to have at least like five confirmed big game kills whether you show Tag proof or photo proof. And um, then you got to go through interview process. Uh, then you got to shoot to qualify 20 and 30 yards. And all it is is shooting a six inch circle, uh, two out of three shots at 20 yards and 30 yards with broadheads. And doesn't seem very hard, even with a compound or crossbow, you'd be surprised how many people fail. Why, why, don't, even, they, why don't they roll with, with crossbows? The, why don't they roll with the traditional gear? They, they, don't, uh, they, they don't deem it. Um, uh, not ethical enough, but uh, what's the right, I don't know the right word for it. Efficient, um, efficient enough. Yes, clearly they Which, don't know what they're talking about. Yes, they don't. They're stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, that is what it is. I, like I said, and I I just started taking my longbow on these properties and didn't tell anybody, and I just started yeah. shooting deer, <laughs> shooting deer with it. Whatever. And, uh, and that, that was in the process of me transitioning, going into traditional, anyways, and um, like going full on into it, and like um. But yeah, no. So that's a, like I, I don't. Th- I don't remember the last time I shot deer with a compound. Was you know some of these properties like you know you kind of have to take your compound on. Like, I still own one. It's not even at my house. A buddy of mine's been borrowing it. It just collects dust. So once I get that back, I'm selling it. So I, I never use it. Right. Um. But uh, where were we? Oh, back to the hunt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I get sidetracked. It's okay. So um, I uh, blend so I right shot- in. 
Yes. <laughs> You're doing fine. <laughs> so I shot the doe and the other three deer end up walking and they're staring down at this, this dead doe that I just shot. And they turn and go head straight back out to this uh, meadow. And I had a shot at the, the really big doe at about 20 yards, but there was a few limbs hanging down. I, I didn't want to risk that shot. And it, these properties being small as they are, and you have anti hunters around. You know, I, I like having a slam dunk shot regardless. I'll, I'll pass a deer at 15 yards if it doesn't give me the right angle. You know, I, I don't care. I, a deer's a deer. I'm not going to risk it, you know, just to have an argument with somebody, or at least try to de-escalate an argument that is. Right. And, um, or, or shoot one and lose it and it goes die, dies in the neighborhood. Then, then that happens. Then you got to go find it and retrieve it, even if it's rotten or not. And, um, so I, me personally, I keep my, I, and even with a compound, I always kept my shots really close. And, uh, like I think, out of all the deer I've shot on this, and I, I honestly, I've lost count. Um, I keep, I think my average is like 15, 13 to 15 yards on all my shots and closest being three feet from the base of the tree. No kidding. Yeah. So, and actually that was that, uh, that was this year. That was one of the doubles. Um, I had, I've had a couple in that really like, like five yards from the base of the tree or whatnot. This one was almost touching the tree. And, uh, but that was on the second double. So, and then so anyways, when the, the, uh, the deer turned and were leaving the, the one I just shot, the big doe, she was going through some limbs and I, I didn't want to just wing a shot out there. Not the distance wise, I have no problem with, but I just want to wing a shot and it hit a limb or, you know, something stupid happened. So I was like, no, nah, whatever. I'll, I'll wait for a better opportunity. There's more deer around. And then I wasn't paying attention. I looked and that buck that was with him, he's walking through this hedgerow right to me. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take this shot. And um, he ended up coming in and almost got to the base of the tree and turned and cut out to the that meadow where all the other deer were at six yards. And uh, I just put it on his back rib and buried it in, in his opposite shoulder. And uh, he, he went about 50, 60 yards, and he piled up. Beautiful. And then, uh, at, at that point, uh, the deer started – they scattered some, but they were still kind of like hesitant. They weren't sure what's going on, but it's like – I said, well, it's getting kind of late. Now I got to deal with two deer. I really don't want to try to deal with three tonight. So, and and none of that, I lost my flashlight. So I had to do this in the dark, trying to find the deer. Like a dummy. I mean, I was so unprepared. Well, I forgot my sticks, forgot a flashlight. And then, uh, so luckily it was still light enough. I could just walk over and I could, blood trail was easy to find. I could follow the deer pretty easily. And like the doe, I knew where, she, I, I watched her go down. The buck, I, I heard him go down. So I knew around where he was. Um. So I was able to recover them pretty quickly and uh, get out of there before it got too much of a sweaty, hot mess. Cause that was, a, that was like a, really a really warm October day. And um, so they had that, that was that double. And um, so then the, the second one, I was in the same exact tree uh, on the same property. And uh, this time I actually brought sticks, my, my sticks this time. So I was a little more, a little more prepared. Beautiful. But this was a morning on this one. And, uh, I got set up facing the same way. And um, as soon as the sun came up, I looked over my shoulder and here comes three does that were coming from the, from the East. And they stayed, uh, maybe they wised up. I don't know. They stayed just out of range out in that field and they just walked straight up towards that park. And then they cut in the woods in this hedgerow, which is probably the widest point of this hedgerow. It's like probably 40, 45 yards wide, uh, which is all like by this road. So they got to cross a road to get to this park. And they, they cut in there right next to somebody's house. So I watch them cut in and then I actually see them. I'm with the binoculars. I watch them. You know, they 
kind of mosey around right where they're at. And then they end up going across the road into the park. And I'm sitting there and I just like, twirling my thumbs and waiting, you know, checking all around. And uh, I look up and there's, there's does again, right where those does had just gone in, but it's two of them. And uh, they're, I couldn't tell if they're just browsing right there or they're working their way down this hedgerow. So I'm slowly getting ready. And um, now I look up out in the meadow a little ways between them and the, this uh, person's fence. And there's a bigger body deer. And I happened to glance, I saw antlers. I'm like, Oh, that's a buck. And I, I threw my binoculars up real quick. And I'm like, well, I mean, right away, I knew that that would have been the biggest traditional buck. I mean, I've killed bigger, bigger bucks with the compound. Um, it'd been the biggest traditional buck I'd, I'd taken so far. And uh, right away, I knew that. But I mean, it's like I, in those kind of moments, like I know there's a lot of deer around. So I try not to get really, really excited. You know, and being that I've had opportunities to shoot a lot of deer on these properties, it's de- definitely helped calm your nerves. Yeah. Um, yeah. You so, get lots of experience there. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I'm not saying I don't get excited. I mean, that's it, if anybody says they never get excited, even if they shoot a lot of deer, that's a lie in my opinion. But I mean, because I still get excited. I mean, I, I mean my adrenaline was going. <laughs> right. But I mean, right. able to keep my composure a little bit and not hyperventilating. <laughs> and, um, so anyways, this buck, he starts making his way down. And uh, so right where I set where I set up on this tree, and I finally I found this out after hunting it a few times, that where I set up is a crossing point. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so when they come from this park, they actually cross basically right at the base of my tree. And then they go to this person's backyard, the, the property that I have permission on, that, that we have permission on solely. Uh, then they go to his backyard and they go out to his butterfly meadow and hit the persimmon trees. Then they go out to the hardwoods. And I, and I found this out on that day that this is where they cross because uh, that buck came in. I drew on him three times, third time being the time I shot him. He came into the base of the tree and I got to half draw on him. And thank God that the sun was at my back because he looked up right into the sun and at me saw me while I was drawing and he busted and only, only went like 10 yards um, back up towards the towards the west, towards his park, and he stopped. And that at that point, it's like, all right, either A, I could throw my hat on the ground and, you know, kick kick dirt or kick the tree that I'm in, or you just sit there and calm down and wait. And you never know what's going to happen. He didn't blow. He stopped. He's not looking around at you. not trying to find you. He doesn't know what's going on. Maybe he thought you were a squirrel. So it's like... I, I try to keep myself as calm as possible. I just hug myself up to the tree as close as I can. So he can't see anything. And then, so he calms down, he starts breaking, starts browsing again. And he starts making his way out towards this, uh, the meadow again. And I'm checking the windows like that I could shoot through. I'm like, okay, well there's that 18 to 20 yard window I could shoot through. He gets, gets to that. I can, I can take the shot. And um, so he started making his way to it. And I drew and he went to, went through a little too fast and he stopped and he had a bunch of limbs covering him up. So at that point, I'm like, I don't know which way he's going to head. If he's going to go back the way he came or if he's going to continue. Um, and uh, when I was in my saddle, I was sitting there trying to, I was fiddling with my, uh, my bridge, trying to tighten the, te- tighten the, the tension on it. And then I looked up and here he comes. He's actually walking down the hedger now. So I had to stop what I was doing real fast. And they grabbed the string and uh, ended up shooting him. And um, I, I, I caught a lot of, uh, a lot of flack, a lot of guff for shooting him on the walk. People were like, that's so unethical, shooting him on the walk, blah, blah, blah. Like, eh, whatever. I mean, I, the last time I shot a deer 
stopped a deer to shoot was like in 2016. You know, I, I let you let them stop on their own or I'll shoot them on the walk if they're not walking too fast. You know, that, that the only time I'll stop them is if they're moving too fast, if it's something I want to shoot at. If not, oh. I'll either just let them, let them go or if it's slow enough, I'll just shoot. I'll, I'll take a shot on the walk. He was, so, I mean, he was at a good, good pace as in like a good shooting pace. Yeah. You don't even uh, really that, have that, to lead him. Yeah. And that, that's what I thought. I just put it, put it right on the crease as he's walking. And now probably when that, by the time the arrow got there, I mean, it's, I think I was either, I think it was right on the crease when I hit, when I hit him. So it's like, he wasn't moving that fast. Yeah. That, that is um, one of the coolest videos. The angle is pretty awesome. Cause you're in between two trees. I, I was uh, with that one. I was like, I, I, I just reached back and I moved the camera back. I'm watching the deer and move yeah. the camera back with my phone. And um, I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm going to get on the video. I don't care. Screw the camera. Dude, the camera <laughs> so angle is freaking perfect. I, I got lucky with that one. And then, um, so when I shot him, he ran back towards where he came from. And yeah. the does are awesome. So, and I found this out a lot, this, this one too. So if you have, this might not happen everywhere, but on these suburban properties, I've had it happen more than once where you shoot a deer and it goes towards other deer and then falls down and dies over there. Those other deer, a lot of times, if they're not on the opposite side of where that deer died, if they're on between, if that, if they're between you and the dying deer, they'll run to you. They see the deer fall, they'll, they'll start trotting your way and then you get another chance. So I watched him run. He passed these other deer and he fell down and I could hear him fall down and die. He actually died like within feet of where the, the, the first buck died. Yeah, uh, on the first double, and um, <laughs> I watched those does, and they scattered, and they ran. One of them, I have, I have this on video too. She ran down the meadow, and cut into the woods, the same spot he did, and got to the base of the tree. Like there's the two trees that are right there, and she she was on the other side of the uh, the tree, the other tree in the, in the video, and um, I tried to move the camera around to get that one on video also, but she started moving a little too fast. And uh, so I, you know, I said, screw it. And she, I mean, literally at the base of my tree. And this was three feet from the base of the tree. And I'm looking straight down on her. She has no idea what's going on. And um, I've taken these shots before where they're straight down. It's like split the shoulder blades. And uh, that's what I ended up doing. That arrow, uh, obviously I spined her. So I went through her spine, went through her heart, through her sternum. It hit the ground. And when she fell, it actually pushed the arrow back through. What? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's insane. So that, that arrow hit, hit the dirt <laughs> and got pushed back through. Eesh. So yeah, she didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Dude, this is this but, is awesome. And that 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 buck, I mean, his his rack is so wacky and wick, like webbed and cool stuff. I, I got I definitely got a really good look at him when he got in when I first got the full draw on him the first time. Yeah. Because I came and he came in, I was like, is it, what is he? I was like, I was like, he's a nine pointer. He's like, he would have been a ten pointer because I saw his 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 left side G two is completely broken off down to the base. So oh, it's busted off there. And um, oh, I see. So it I'm, now. I'm, I'm, yeah. actually waiting, I'm, I'm actually waiting to get that European mount back. But um, so uh, yeah, and see, he was he's a cool deer. He's got a um, ton of character. Yeah, he's really cool. Oh yeah, a lot of palmation. Yeah, with with uh, I mean, with these suburban properties, I, I'm not picky on what what comes in. You know, it's <laughs> if it comes in, if it's a doe. I, so my philosophy is I have a hard time passing on does, and uh, I, I I have a buddy of mine. He actually lives down in Kentucky now. He um he used to make fun of me because I uh I would shoot does in the middle of the rut, even if they're being chased. I'd shoot them, <laughs> and uh, I, that actually happened one time. And back to what you were saying, Chris, 
know, the same thing where you had a buck messing with the doe that you just shot. Well, this happened too. And this is one of the times I was, when I was getting into transferring into the traditional side. So it was a, uh, like early November, I think it was. And uh, I hadn't been able to hunt that much just because of work when I was still doing AC work, I was an apprentice. And um, so I'd, I had, I think I hunted like once or twice throughout the whole season and finally, and I hadn't shot anything yet. And usually by that time I shot two, three deer. So my freezer's getting empty. I'm like, I need to shoot something. I don't care what it is. And I get to this, this place and acorns are dropping. I, I get there. And I can hear the deer running. This, this is after work and I can hear the deer running around and I get set up and m- maybe an hour later, uh, I can hear off in the neighborhood. You can hear the running through the neighborhood, through the leaves. Yeah, and here comes his doe, tongue hanging out, being chased. I never saw the buck. Uh, he, for all I know, he's a two hundred inch buck. I have no idea. And that doe stopped at fifteen yards, and I shot the doe. And um, she ran. She did a suicide dive off this uh, off this bench, and it was like about like sixty feet down. So then I had to go down there and get her. But when I got down, I took my longbow with me, and I got down to the edge of this this bench. And I looked down. I could see her white belly down at the bottom, and there's his buck, the same thing like you're saying. He was pawing at her. And then I guess by that time he got got tired of her not getting up. So he started walking away. It's just a little dinky buck, probably like a little four point or whatever it was. So I did my uh, it's uh my way I tried to call him in without without a grunt tubes, I burped at him and he stopped, looked right up towards my way, and um since there's a lot of thick uh um what is it, uh laurels, mountain laurels through there. He just cut through the mountain laurels, and I had um, I was kneeling, facing him as he's coming up. He's broadside coming up, and he's going through the laurels, and I wasn't able to turn my body so I can get to full draw. So he was actually getting getting to my weak side. So I had to like reach across my body to shoot, and uh, he was at eleven yards, and I shot right under his chest. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> oh well, Bummer. I think it was, and, I, and I think with that one, I took one arrow with me like a dummy. I left the other arrows up in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went down there like fully expecting not to see anything and here comes this buck i'm like well well crap i might get a chance here and i did and i missed uh, oh well it happens yeah it happens I'm, that's gotta hurt oh uh, i missed even closer i missed uh it's actually the first time i ever shot at a deer with a great white um i just got them that year i'm like i need to test these things out i need to see what they're gonna do and um that that same property where i, I was just not talking about uh, I, I put a stand up and these does came and this is early season and I had this doe at eight yards and I had, um, I was trying to film it and I had a GoPro on my head, but dummy me, I, I didn't, um, I didn't practice with the GoPro on my head. So when I shot, my string, caught, my, my string caught the GoPro and arrow fell short and you can hear me cussing in the video. And uh, so that was that I never, never did get that one. But yeah. I, I, I redeemed myself a few years later, so. Beautiful. The GoPros are awkward when they're on your head. It's weird. You got to have it, like, cockeyed, yeah. and it's just – it's not good. Yeah, I, I end up – I still have the GoPro, and I, I – something's going on with it. I got to fix it. But uh, I end up getting this, just a clip, and I clip it to tree branches or yep. clip it to whatever I can and just to have a different angle if I even use it. That, now I just – I got the camera arm. I just put my phone on it. You know, I think it takes a better video anyways. Yeah, you know what? Um, Tony does that too. He does it with his, yeah. his phone. Absolutely. I, I I started doing it because Tony because Tony was doing it. I you know what? I it, it's kind of it's kind of turned me on to the idea for sure. Like because 
I'm not really into filming hunts. Um, uh, me, yeah, me neither. It, but I, I just wanted to do it just to try it out. Just to, and it's it's more for seeing like if you make a bad shot or whatever, just see what happened with the deer. Because like that's one of the things that I like doing is like before, during, and after the shot. I, I like trying to read the deer's body language during the whole process and uh, j- just see what's going to either like where are they going to go or where are they going to go before the shot? Where are they going to go after the shot? What's the deer? What's the deer doing during your shoot? Like your draw process. Especially when you got a lot of deer around you, which is what I prefer. Because I like that challenge of trying to beat all the deer at one time, just to get one shot off. That's yeah, like, to me that's a it's a good challenge that that I like. I yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going to go with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I lost it. I think you were getting ready to say that you were tempted to film for well yeah no you know what okay back to my filming thing yeah that that is it and and because i i tried i tried the filming thing when i was when i was hunting with a compound and we're we're talking like 10 years ago i missed just a monster like this dude had brow tines that were like six inches high he was beauty he was Mm -hmm. awesome um and i missed him because i was screwing with the damn camera yeah. And I was more concerned about getting it on film than than actually just killing the thing. And yep. after that, I was like, "Screw, screw the friggin' filming. It's stupid. I don't need that, it." That's like my number one thing about filming. It's like I honestly, I don't care if I get it on film or not. I'll try to, but my number one priority is shooting that deer. Uh, the The camera does that means nothing to me. Yeah, I like so, I yeah. like the phone though. The phone the phone is a. Um, it's easy to operate. It's small. Oh, yeah. It's not going to get in the way. Um, Got to yeah, have it, it regardless. It takes a really clear, yeah, it takes a, it, a really, really clear image on the thing too. And Surprising. yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, like the 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 films, like your your film, the the stuff Tony got this year. It's just killer. It's 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 great oh, yeah. footage. Tony took um, some really good videos this year. And, and you know what's funny is, I mean, man, when when a deer's coming in, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to shoot this deer. My bow's hanging, my camera's out, and I'm getting really good footage of deer. And I'm like, see, I should just that, get the camera I, arm. because that, That's yeah. where my problem is. I see deer coming in. I'm, I don't say, I'm not going to shoot this deer. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to shoot this deer. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I have – well, obviously, like, so if I have a spike coming in, I can't shoot him. He's not legal. Yeah, um, sure. If I have a mom with fawns, I'm not going to shoot him. That's just my decision. I don't, I don't yeah, shoot moms yeah. with fawns. You also um, don't have uh, unlimited doe tags either, Chris. I do not have unlimited doe tags. It's true. Yeah, I, I, I just got, I, I just bought a bunch of new tags, bonus tags. <laughs> yeah, you guys have got it made. So, so I mean, but after this year and my catastrophe I went through, um, I wouldn't mind having footage to back up things that, that happened and, and see. And, like, you know, if I ever have a questionable shot like I did this year, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can go back and look at it and be like, nah, that was trash. And yeah. I know where I stand yeah. or, oh, no, that's a good shot. You're good to go. Let's do this. As yeah. I, mean, I, I look at myself on the videos all the time. Man, you look like trash. <laughs> you look like a hobo. <laughs> that tree. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I film every hunt. And as somebody that does that, there's definitely from, you know, the times I've been able to film deer or when I was on my bear hunt. There was definitely a moment in every hunt where I was like, this is the last time I'm touching the camera. <laughs> and from here, the shot and other stuff takes priority. 
I'm definitely not a film first, shoot second. For sure, yeah. And some of the times, like, I, I just don't even mess with it. Even if I have a pre-drilled hole, like, on that, like, where that, that property is where I filmed. Yeah. Um, there's already a pre-drilled hole in that tree, like, where that camera's been going. And sometimes, like, I've gotten the tree, I'm like, I don't even feel like putting it up right now. I don't, don't even care. That was my big thing, is that I didn't, like, like, it's a lot to deal with. Even just the camera arm itself is a pain in the butt. Oh, what yeah. Do you, what are you using for an arm? Uh, just some generic one I got on Amazon. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's just, I honestly, I can't, it's like bone collectors. I, I honestly have no idea. Okay. Okay. I can't remember. It was like 20 bucks. Perfect. That, yeah, that, that's along my speed. Cause then I'm not really dedicated to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like so, uh, props to the guys who do it too. Cause who like go all out with more. Sure. Cameras. Yeah. Yeah. Like who's the guy from Denmark, uh, Peter Yulesgaard from Denmark. He runs like six cameras. It seems like he's oh got like gosh. a, He's got like a Tacticam on his head, a GoPro on his like on his over his shoulder, another bow on his on his wrist or whatever. He gets all kinds of angles, and he he's a killer too. That's a that's a lot of effort. That's more effort than I probably want to put forth. Yeah, I I can't do that. That that's that that takes patience. I don't yeah. have that kind of patience. And you know what? I mean, it gets in the way of the hunt. Uh, to me, to me, it gets in the way of the hunt. Yeah, I think I think we're on the same page on that because it's I got uh, for me the hunts first. It's it's funny because I I have a, I have a double edged opinion on this so I'm like I don't want to do it because it's going to get away and take eh, I don't want to say this too loud but take away from the purity of the hunt that's between you and the animal blah 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 I, I, think, I think I know where you're getting at but I think where you're getting at like yeah but it kind of in a way does take away from it because you're not in the moment yes but but at this in, in the same breath I'll be like yeah dude I'm on on I'm on YouTube watching hunting videos all day long <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> So, so I'm like such a hypocrite when it comes to that. Well, but yeah, I don't know. I my my opinion on filming's out. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I, uh, I I'm like I'm the same way. It's like if I just have somebody just kind of follow me around with the camera, that'd be a little easier. That way I don't have to deal with it. But that'd then, be way cooler. Then, then I got to deal with somebody else. Yeah, then you got to deal with other people, and that's just that's not <laughs> a whole cool. different variable there, right? Yeah, oh, man, <laughs> things just got things went downhill on us there, right? <laughs> uh, so it's like, it's like I'm like I joked about him. I mean, I just take my son and let him just use the camera. He's gonna be like taking selfies and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> I I took him and uh, my daughter, and it was and this was during the rut too. This is like late in the morning. We had breakfast already. I'm like, hey guys, you gonna go sit in the woods real quick for got like an hour? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And my son's five. My daughter, she'll be seven uh, in February, and um. So we, we go to one of my properties. It's actually not far from my daughter's school. And I was like, we're not going to see anything. I, I set up a, my, my, I have a little buck decoy, one of those um, uh, Alabama, what the hell are they called? Those silhouette decoys that you, that you fold into themselves. The Montana, Montana decoy? decoy? Yeah. I don't want to call it an Alabama decoy. Goddamn. Same um, thing. Just different figure. <laughs> same exact thing. <laughs> a little thing. further south. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, everybody well, in Montana is like, screw you, sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're probably like Who, whoever that random guy is screw him too oh my gosh <laughs> so I, I set this thing up and like i gave my kids rattling antlers and grunt tubes and like all right have fun and um we're sitting there, i set like, this little blind up and my son i mean 15 minutes into him, my son's like i gotta pee i'm like all right we'll go pee on that log he gets up and I kid you not, he walks to this log and I hear something running. I look and there's this big buck running away. Great buck no. passes his ears, running away. I'm like, no. 
<laughs> I had no idea that book was coming in. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's got to hurt. I, I started laughing. I was like, oh. And I was like, well, whatever. Yeah, it <laughs> happens. Else will come by. I don't so need, needless to say, I went back there a couple days later trying to shoot that buck, but I never did see him again. Oh, that's heartbreaker. Yeah. Heartbreaker. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Well, it's a killer season, man. That that's a freaking awesome season. You had some some good times. Yeah, for sure. You for sure. Yeah, still trying to get bodies. Out. Yeah, and yeah. and you you can go till April, right? End of April. Yeah, Northern Damn. Virginia. We got we got the end of April, like April twenty eighth or something like that. Oh so, how long is your season technically closed for? Three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> It kind of does. It, uh, technically, I can actually if I if I talk to property owners and they want to push for it, they could get damage permits, and those damage permits can kick in the day this late season ends, all the way until the early season starts back up again in, in September. So I can hold oh, off in the summer. Uh, really, that, that becomes a swampy mess because that's really hot and sweaty. Um, I've done those hunts; they're not fun. Because if you shoot a deer, you got to get on ice really, really fast. And um, not only that, but you see a big buck. Sorry, sorry about your luck. You can't shoot it. I uh, and, like whenever like property owners they get permits like that. I would give the deer breaks. Like I, I would hunt the late season, like the or regular like late Northern Virginia season, and uh, I would usually give give the deer a break, <laughs> like until late summer, like August, and then I'd go back out there. And because by that time, usually it's like if fawns have dropped, you know, they can almost pretty much fend for themselves. But e- even then, I, like, I wouldn't even target those big does. I would always go for the does that didn't drop anything. You know, there's so many deer out there, not all of them get bred. And um, so I would just target the, the younger does who didn't who didn't get bred and this, this one to go after. But I uh, it was late August. This is, oh, geez, seven years, seven, eight years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and Billy were hunting together this one property, and um, I set up on uh, right along this silt fence where this property, where this house was supposed to be supposed to be built. It never did get built. Um, I set up right next to that, and these deer always walk down the silt fence. So, uh, real quick, to any, any listeners want to, uh, if they enter, ever get into want to get into suburban hunting, it it's. Um, it's kind of it's different in a way where you're not like in this open woods. Obviously, you got houses, but the houses and fences and roads and all that stuff you can use to your advantage because they they make pinch points. If you got new new developments, new like new buildings being put up, they put these fences up and deer walk around the edge of these fences. And um, I mean, the, the biggest buck I ever killed on one of these properties, he ended up coming between this abandoned house and a tennis court, and I shot him. Um. So you use man-made objects as your pinch points, and it, it can either work out yeah. in favor or, or hurt you. But a you're lot of just, times it does work out in favor. Yeah, you're tur- you're turning man-made stuff into stuff we turn into, like we'd use in in, in actual right. middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, so far you've listed two different types of sports. Uh, yeah, courts, we got we got basketball courts, courts, courts basketball and court tennis, tennis courts. courts. Yeah. I was about to say, if people ask how far you shot, was it like a free throw? Like, do you, do you free, rephrase things? Uh, slam dunks. We'll just say slam dunks. That's what, what I, keep it at. I, I don't shoot for home runs. But uh, I, um, I, uh, so th- this summer hunt, I shot this doe. It, it a group of like seven does came in. 
And uh, I'm an opportunist. I didn't pick whichever one was the biggest one. None of them had fallen with them. And um, I, I just picked the first one that gave me a shot. And it ended up being not, not a real big dose. Average, probably, I'd say field dress probably 75, 80 pounds, which is average around here. Okay. Um, and they scattered. And one of the does, I'd say it would be the smallest one out of them, she ran down the hill from me. Went down in the laurels. And then next thing I, next thing I know, she's hightailing out of the laurels, going, running past me, going back into the neighborhood. And I'm like, what was that? I was like, there's coyotes around. Maybe, maybe there's a coyote. Maybe we can shoot a coyote. And um, I look down, and here comes this gigantic buck in velvet. Big mainframe. I mean, perfect 10-pointer. Um, big basket rack. I'd say probably at least 150. And he came up and walked up and stopped broadside at 15 yards and stood there for 20 minutes. Wow. And I couldn't shoot him. Oh. I just had to sit there. I got videos of him and pictures of him. And I just watched him. And then he went down to the laurels, circled around, came back up, stood back in the same spot again for another 15 minutes, and then went down to the laurels. I never saw him again that season. Right, I, and I hunted that property hard. I was trying to kill him. But, yeah, he was a really big – and I'm not the type of person who, like, targets big bucks. I, I don't care. But I knew that, like, that property is notorious for having big bucks, and I knew that one was there. I just never saw him again. But, yeah, that one hurt where you, he's there, and you are very capable of making that shot, but you're not allowed to. Right. And I, I've had that a few times where it's like big bucks coming, or even these late seasons, it's all antlerless. Like if I got a big buck comes in, sorry, can't shoot it. And, like, yeah. like the, the pictures I just sent you the other day when I was on the, the new property I was at, um, I found this one area, it's just just littered with bit with rubs on these big mature, like I'd say mature trees, but these bigger like shrubs and trees. And they're just absolutely shredded and heavy trails. But like, I looked at the date. I'm like, well, I'm one day past buck season. I can't shoot if a buck comes in. Oh, so that hurts. Yeah. So and I, like that one, I ended up not seeing anything until like the last few minutes of legal light. And then I never did get a shot at anything. They were too far out anyways. I, I, I went in blind. I'd never been to the property before. And I did, was not expecting it to be what it is. All I had was topo maps. And I'll just say that place is littered with bedding areas, really thick. Um, there are trees, obviously, you can get into, but I, I need to do some scouting big time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so next project. What, yeah, I was going to say what that. So, I guess that leads us into what's, what's your plan for until April? Like, what do you got going? What are you, you going to be hammering down or are you backing off a little bit? I'm going to take what I can get. I'm going to hunt whenever I can. Okay. Uh, my son and my daughter, they, they bug me. They want to get out. So I'm, I might have to take them to the meat factory. And uh, Nice. And uh, th- there's a ladder stand we got setting those uh, next to that basketball court. I might stick them in that in there, and I'll just either stand on like on the railings with them and just wait and uh, and see if we can't get something, or we'll figure something out over there. But, yeah, they, they, they've been bugging me to go. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna keep on. I'm gonna keep on. Uh, keep plugging away until the end of the season, the end of our season. I mean, obviously, I'll take what I can get. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, I actually uh, I just had a last minute um, dropout of a bear hunt, so I'm gonna be going on that in May. Nice. Uh, up, up in Canada, and that is actually Bi- Billy's dropping out, so he's uh, uh so I'm gonna um, I'm taking his spot. His loss is your gain. Where in oh, Canada? Sorry, Billy. Yeah, well, Let's hope. <laughs> so, and then, uh, let's see that that's it for this year. Like, I don't have anything, 
uh, anything else bigger plans. This is my uh, this year. My wife and I are our tenth year anniversary. So nice. We're gonna be going. We're gonna be going to Germany like we do every year. She she's German, so we we go to Germany every year to see her family. And um, what, what what time of year do you go to there? In the summer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The first time I went was in the winter. It was actually for Christmas. The first time I ever went, and this is like uh, this would be ten years ago, and um, and that's actually that's funny thing about Germany is. That's actually where I really it really gave me the, the the boot in the ass to like take up and actually dive into traditional archery, because uh, the uh, there's a family friend to my in laws, my father in law is like it's like his best friend. He's like a renowned archer over there in that area, and he like he does world competitions. And uh, one of the years he actually came to either North or South Dakota on one of these archery shoots, and he took third place. Whoa! Um, these are all world competitions. Yeah, and he's. He's fairly fluent in English. Like my German is not good. I'm, like I'm not fluent by any means. I can have a broken conversation. So with his English and my German, we can have, we can communicate fairly well. Right. So I'll go shoot, I go shoot with that guy. Last year was the, was the first year I, ha- I hadn't shot with him. He was actually, I think he was in Switzerland. He was shooting at, at a world competition. Um, so I didn't, I didn't get to shoot, shoot with him last year. So I'm, I'm going to try to go shoot with him this year. And uh, like cool. his, uh, like when we got there, like my, my wife was like, You want to go shoot bows? I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. And um she's like, Well, he doesn't have like compounds. He has like like you know, like stick bows, whatever whatever you call them, traditional bows or recurves, whatever they are. I don't know what they are. And uh, I was like, uh yeah, because that that's something that always I always wanted to do. And um I just never had not necessarily the motivation. I guess you could say that, but I never had uh the true drive or the turning point to go, go ahead and, and take it up. Right. And, uh, we get to his, where it's not his place. He doesn't own it, but, uh, it's like where they, I guess they lease it. And they have like, at the time they only had like 20 targets and it's grown since then. They, he's probably got 60, 70 targets now. And, um, it's all, like I said, long goes and recurves. And man, I had so much fun. I sucked so bad. I had so much fun missing targets. I was like, I, when I get home, I'm getting one. This is it. I'm 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 stuck. <laughs> I'm hooked on it now. It's the best thing ever. So, Beautiful. So from there, my my wife she ended up, she ended up getting me my first traditional bow, which is and I still have the bow. It's a um, the company's not around anymore. It's uh, it, it's a survival folding bow where the limbs. Oh yeah. It's Primal Gear Unlimited, and I thought I was hot shit with that bow, and then I didn't realize until I finally got like was able to get better bows as I went on, and then I got a custom bow and how much smoother those bows are compared to that thing. Yeah. There's a bit of a difference. You shoot that thing and you're going to jar your teeth out of your head. <laughs> and, um, but I will say for a, I think, it, I think it's like 200 bucks. Um, at least it was then for a bow like that. That's I, I don't know the actual length of the bow because it stacks like crazy. And obviously it jars the hell out of you, but it's fairly quick and it's surprisingly accurate. Yeah, and obviously that's what I learned off of shooting that bow with arrows that are not meant for it because they're not tuned properly and like they're I think they're they might, I think they were overspined. So I'm shooting boomerangs off the bow and I'm thinking I'm shooting real good, but I'm really not. Doesn't matter. That is absolutely it's, priceless. It all comes down to the fun factor. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's things like I thought I was doing great until later on. And I started, and I started learning how to tune and getting different bows, a little better bows. Yeah. And then finally, I pulled the thing back. I hadn't shot it in a couple of years. Pulled the thing out, and I used the arrows that I was using with it. And I watched the arrows come off the off the riser. I'm like, oh god, 
what was I doing? And your jaws shaking probably and bones are <laughs> rattling and whatnot. Yeah, picking my teeth up off the floor. Yeah, yeah. Eh, whatever. It's it's yeah, it's I, it was, I was so bad at I like I don't think I could hit hit the side of a truck at ten yards. I, I think we've gone into this, but when when I first started, when I first finally picked up a, a recurve, I was ten feet away from a target and I couldn't hit it. For oh, sure. Yeah. It was it was terrible. But I mean the only that, thing that- I, I was shooting so bad. The only thing that actually like got my confidence back up a little bit was yeah. buying flu, buy, buying flu flu arrows because they actually kind of flew straight a little bit for me. Oh, beautiful! Or if they didn't, they made it in the dirt quick enough that you could find them. Yep, yep, yep exactly. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Been down that road. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. It, that that that's what hooks you, and when you're like, it's it's such it's so hard. You can't hit the damn target at 10, 10 feet. You're like, no, nah, I, I got to beat this. I need to get, yeah. It just, it, oh, that's yeah. what gets it's grit. Can't have me. that humiliation. Yeah, no, no. I, I can't let this beat me this bad. Holy jeez. Oh yeah, and then then once you finally uh, you're able to like you're getting yourself tuned in, and then you go hunting, and then you take your first deer with one. Yep. Uh, it's, it, you're, you're like a little schoolgirl. It's like shooting your first deer all over again. The best. Oh yeah, the the, the one I shot, the first one I shot. That was on one of these suburban properties. There's actually the the built the property is a credit union property. It's like 40 acres, and I had and same thing. I had my compound and this long as a the Bear Montana longbow. Oh yeah, um, and I had both those with me in the, in the stand. And here comes this little rinky dink five pointer, and I immediately went to thinking about the compound right there. I'm like, ah, I'm I'm pass on this deer, nah. And then uh, I'm like, wait, I got the longbow with me. Screw that. I'm taking a shot. And, um, since I'd practiced enough with it, I, uh, um, I knew the distance was about 20 yards and I knew I could make that shot. But at that time in my mind, um, the only thing that was holding me back a little bit was I know I can make the shot, but I don't know what's going to happen when the arrow gets there. Yeah. Like, I've seen videos. I just haven't done it personally. I haven't seen it personally. So not that I don't believe it can work. I just don't know like what's going to happen. So. So and that one, I I just drew back and like I said, twenty yards and uh, I let that thing go and just those big five inch feathers that I put on the on that arrow, they just spun in slow motion, and I watched the arrow just disappear behind the shoulder, and I'm like, oh shit, that was a good shot. <laughs> that that was my initial reaction, and that deer took three steps and had no idea what was going on. Excellent. And then, he started, then he started getting the wobbly legs and he went twenty yards and fell over and I lost it at that point. Oh, that's so and awesome. That, like, I, I called. I called Billy. He's usually the first person I call when I when I do something, mm-hmm. like, something that exci- to me is that exciting. Heck I called yeah. him. And he was like, "What? What are you saying?" He said, "I can't understand anything you're saying." I'm like, <laughs> "You just got one with a longbow." Oh my god, man, <laughs> with a longbow. He was like, "What?" I was like, "I'll call you back. I can't talk right now." Oh. Uh. We got your first hunt out of you without even asking. This is awesome. That was beautiful. Yes. Oh my god, that's great. Uh, so that and that, that was that one. That's that was uh that I I still find that one funny. That that was that was a special one for me. But and like, and I I kick myself for not like not skull capping that deer. Um, I just cut the antlers off and gave it to my dog, and he ate them. My Billy was like, "Why would you do that, you dummy?" I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my, 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 it was first, the normal routine. Yeah. My first yeah. buck I ever killed the first, the first one I ever killed with, uh, with a bow, my last dog devoured the antlers. They're gone. <laughs> yeah. I just, I gave them to her. I was like, well, whatever there. It wasn't, it wasn't a monster or anything, but it was, it was, it was a buck. It was an eight pointer. Yeah. 
but I get, I get, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I hacked him off and gave I still him have, like, I, I have the arrow and the, bro, the, the only thing I saved, like, this is the only arrow I've ever saved. Um, cause I, like, I, I don't, I, I like reshooting arrows and broadheads. Yeah. Um, the only arrow I've ever saved with the broadhead was the one I shot my first traditional deer with, and that's hanging up in my, uh, my little workshop. That's the only, only arrow I've ever saved, other than like a couple that I've robbed loaded. That's it. I understand that. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah. I, I was about to say, I, I just I covered like all of our questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like shooting, seeing, seeing how many deer I can take with one arrow and before it either breaks or I lose it. I need to start taking that approach. I, I do. I need to try that. Um, come, come to Northern Virginia. We'll, we'll stack some bodies. You too, Schaefer. I want to I do it with a wood arrow, though. So we'll have to figure this out. Um, hopefully, they don't. The, it, it's up to the deer, really, whether I get another shot with that arrow. I was about to say, depends on where you hit them, I suppose. True. Yeah, if it exactly. goes all the way through, you're okay. We'll, we'll reinforce it with rebar so it doesn't break. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. <laughs> 9,000 Full grain metal arrow. wood arrow. Right. <laughs> full metal jacket woody beautiful <laughs> well guys i i think we hit it tonight man i think we covered Heck it yeah. um josh is there anything else you want to you want to bring up before we wrap this sucker up uh not that i can think of i mean I, i'd say like like any points of advice i guess i guess if you guys want that for, for anybody would be like, like just be patient when you're when you're shooting don't rush shots don't force them that's it yeah you, you never know when you're gonna get another opportunity yeah, absolutely. That's a big one to come over. Just, just be patient. It, it, I, I've rushed shots before, and I'm like, son of a man, I should have waited. Oh, trust me, I've, a million times. It's it, and say, like, and you look back on yourself and like, man, what were you thinking? And, and if you, you just, it, what's the worst thing that could happen if you wait? Well, you don't get yeah. a shot. Yeah, well, that's that, much that, better that's, than that's, the alternative. That's kind of how I look at it too. I'm like, I, I've waited for gear. Like, I've had the shots. Mm-hmm. I've had. Ample opportunity to shoot deer 20 yards, 15 yards, and they come into 10 yards. It's like, well, not quite the angle I want. And they walk away and I don't have the shot. And it's just like, oh, well, whatever. Well, there's tomorrow. Yeah. It is It is um, what it is. Unless you're Schaefer and you live in Vermont and then you don't get anything. Um, <laughs> That's a nice way to wrap this one up. And so, awesome. <laughs> Josh, where can, pe- where can people find you if they want to look you up on and watch? I mean, it, they definitely need to watch that video of, of you shooting that buck. That was awesome. So what, what what's your Instagram um, uh, I got. I actually got to look up what my Instagram handle is. I don't even remember what it is. Hang on. Uh, I, got I, I got you pulled up. I, I got it. It's uh, J Phillips underscore outdoors is uh, is mine. It's Joshua Phillips. There you go. And then uh, I'm also on Facebook too. But that's I, I don't go. On, I do go on Facebook some, but not. I mean, I check Instagram more than Facebook now. Yep. But uh, but yeah, the video is actually on both of those. And um, <laughs> it's funny. I put like my my handles at J Phillips outdoors, but I don't. I don't. I don't post too much stuff on on my page that much like uh like some people do but uh but yeah no, that that's where people can find me if they ever want to look at the video good see, stuff see, see, see the fat guy on the tree awesome dude thanks for coming on tonight man this has been awesome absolutely thank, thank you great. so much i appreciate you guys having me on it was heck a yeah buddy. Blast. heck yeah it's been it's, it's been uh, a long time coming so thank you uh, thank you Real quick before we go, just want to take a moment and thank our partner Black Widow Bows, along with Addictive Archery, Safari Tough, Great Northern Quivers, and Laurel Mountain Outfitters. Also, if you have a moment, please take the time to leave us a review. It really helps us out. On top of that, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and best of luck out there. (laughs) 